This is episode 376 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, The Most Dangerous Common Survival Myths. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like some more information, you can click the link in the show notes or come on over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article. Uh, it comes to us from BackdoorSurvival.com. And uh, I think this one's just a really good one to uh, to know. Now, all this information, some of these you probably have heard, others you have not. And uh, it's just good to have this information. And uh, actually, I'm going to read a little bit of the comments when we get to those, because I think there's just some good information there as well. And uh, like always, you know, uh, especially when we're talking about like survival myths and things like that, uh, on some of the comments and even on some of these, you might even want to you know, do additional research and uh, see what you find out there uh, in uh, the survival preparedness community. But uh, let's go ahead and get started on this one. When it comes to survival, there are a lot of myths about various do's and don'ts that are, unfortunately, completely inaccurate. Despite being completely debunked, some of these myths have become embedded in the minds of many people who innocently don't know enough to separate myth from reality. And the reality is, some of the most common misconceptions about survival could literally get you killed. From foraging to animal attacks, wilderness medicine, and beyond, there's a myth that could get you killed that relates to almost every different aspect of survival. Some of these you likely heard before, and some you might have believed yourself. But to make sure you don't fall victim to incorrect advice or spread it on to others, Read on for some of the most common and dangerous myths about survival. First one, watch what berries the birds and other animals eat. That means they're edible and you can eat them too. This one is a classic that I have heard time and time again and also happens to be completely dangerously incorrect. We don't have the same digestive systems as birds and rodents, so we can't just watch them and then eat the same berries, mushrooms, and plants that they eat. Pokeweed berries, for example, are poisonous to humans, but are a tasty treat for all kinds of birds. Mimic your flying friends by munching a bunch of these down, and you'll be very sorry. The fact of the matter is, different animals adapted to consume different substances, and our human bellies can't necessarily handle the same wild foods as our feathered and furry counterparts. Some we simply can't digest very well and will upset our stomachs, but others are extremely poisonous and likely to cause our demise once ingested. Next one. After a snake bite, suck out the poison. This used to be a common conception, but despite being disproven, it still persists as an old adage of wilderness medicine that continues to be believed by many. I blame Hollywood cowboys, cowboy westerns for causing this myth to become so deeply embedded in the collective consciousness as it is a common trope used in that genre. First off, sucking a snake bite spreads bacteria from your mouth into the wound. The pressure can also further damage blood vessels affected by the bite. 
what you should actually do is clean the bite thoroughly, trying not to move around too much, and call 911. It's also helpful to know what kind of snake bit you, as this will help the hospital know what type of antivenom you need. Next one. Drink your own urine is a good last resort method for a hydration emergency. You would think this myth would have died by now, but unfortunately, due to prominent quote-unquote experts, such as former soldier and TV survivalist Bear Grylls, who very dramatically demonstrated the pee-drinking process because it's excellent television, but the reality is is that drinking your own urine causes you to re-ingest waste and salt, further dehydrating yourself. You're better off spending your energy finding and purifying actual water than sitting around chugging your own pee. The next myth, running water is safe to drink. Just because water is running, even trickling from an underground spring, doesn't necessarily mean it's safe to drink. All kinds of pathogens, heavy metals, and other contaminants can still exist in running water and make you very sick. All water you obtain in the wild should be filtered and purified either by boiling with physical microfilters or through other methods. Next myth, rub frostbite to warm the area. Although rubbing cold hands together might be a nice way to warm them up, once your skin is frostbitten, it is severely damaged. At that point, rubbing the skin will damage it further and worsen symptoms, making it harder for the area to recover. What you should do is raise the frostbitten body part to minimize swelling and get to a warm area. Cover with a dry, sterile bandage to avoid rubbing and find medical treatment as soon as possible. Don't apply anything hot to the area as you need your skin to return to normal temperature gradually. Next myth is moss only grows on the north side of a tree. This is another silly holdover from television shows and all it takes is a glance at trees to see that moss grows on all sides of them all over the place. Some people, however, still believe that you can find which way is north by looking at where moss grows. It's nonsense, so learn how to find north in other ways, such as with the sun or stars, rather than by looking at moss growth. Next, in a cold weather survival situation, eating snow will hydrate you. Eating snow is a very hard way to hydrate. Not only does it take an enormous amount of snow to produce just a very small amount of water, but consuming cold snow when the air is very cold will massively increase your likelihood of catching hypothermia and freezing to death. You can melt snow to drink it, but since it takes so much snow to produce a meaningful amount of water, you're better off finding a stream or other water source. Next is, if a bear approaches you, play dead. While playing dead may be a good strategy if certain types of bears are already attacking you, in almost all cases you want to make yourself known to the bear by making noise and make yourself appear large by spreading out your arms or jacket. Playing dead is a good way to startle the bear if it gets closer or arouse its curiosity rather than cause it to run away. Next myth. If escaping a bear, climb a tree. Bad news if a bear is charging you. You should stand your ground, make noise, and make yourself look big. Preparing to fight, despite how terrifying it will be. Sure, if the bear reaches you and it is determined to kill you, it probably will. But by running, you activate its predator instinct, ensuring a fight. And since bears are excellent tree climbers, you won't be even remotely safe by scaling a nearby tree to escape. You know, guys, I was thinking about, I mean, there's videos out there. So if you are on 
social media and uh, you are any uh, on any of the preparedness or survival sites, you've probably seen these at some point where, um, well, just recently there was a, a guy with a pole, you know, he was taking pictures or whatever, I think National Geographic's. And there's a polar bear came up to kind of see what he was doing. I mean, he started doing that, you know, like, uh, you know, getting really big and whatever. And so this big polar bear, I mean, they're humongous, um, would run away, but he kept coming back. I mean, this happened for, you know, for a long time. And uh, finally, I think that the polar bear got uh, bored and, and, and walked off. But uh, this thing kept kept happening, right, where the bear would come up to, to get very close and he would, uh, you know, he would make noise and, and again, like raise up his arms and all that type of stuff. And then I was thinking about that. I'm sure you've seen this one because this is uh, one that has been out for a long, long time where the guy is sitting up on, uh, he's in a blind, right? In a tree and a bear just kind of uh, climbs up the tree and kind of looks at him and, and can, continues, you know, I think he climbs up and then he climbs back down or something like that. And uh, I mean, that was like scary, scary, right? I think he's got like a, a bow, uh, a bow. <laughs> he's, he's like hunting with a bow. But anyway, this bear comes up and, and uh, man, that you just, it's intense just watching it. This guy just remained very calm. But at the same time, I mean, this, this bear is, this, I mean, it's really high up there. So yeah, climbing a tree is not going to be the thing to do. Definitely because they can scale up those trees really quickly. All right, um, going on to the next myth. Uh, the next myth is if you're in a survival situation, food is your first priority. The reality is while food is critical, you can survive for weeks without it. The same can't be said for water, which you have a very limited window to find before you perish due to dehydration. You also have a good chance of dying quite quickly from exposure without any kind of shelter. Therefore, water and shelter are your first priorities in the vast majority of survival scenarios. Once you have those settled, you can focus on food. And uh, I can't remember where, um, uh, maybe it was Morris Kachansky, one of his articles, or maybe it was a video or something, uh, and I might have said his last name wrong. Um, he was talking about uh, the uh, you know, this aspect here of food. And uh, I, th- I think it was him. So I mean, if I'm wrong, you know, someone can uh, let me know. But he was talking about that when you're eating, actually, if you don't have food, it's better not to eat food than find like little bits of food and keep your, eventually your metabolism will kind of slow down. I mean, if you have shelter, you have water and, and you don't have food, you can go for a long time, right? And so eventually your metabolism, I mean, you'll, you won't have a lot of energy and all that kind of stuff, but you will survive. But your metabolism goes into uh, kind of like a, a holding pattern. If you, kind of like when you're fasting, right? It'll do that. But if you are, you know, you find a few berries here or you get a rabbit there and, you, you know, it's like, you know, few and far between. You can actually, because you'll get your metabolism going and then it will, you know, it'll want food again and then you won't have it. And so you're always fighting that hunger. And so uh, I just always remember that. So, you know, food, shelter and water are the, the most important things definitely that you need to, to, to have when it comes to survival. All right. The next one is suck a stone to hydrate yourself. The idea behind this myth is that sucking on a pebble will induce sal- salivation, which this might prevent your mouth from getting as dry. All this does is cause you to secrete water that was already in your body in the first place. There's zero survival benefit whatsoever to this practice. Next one is, if lost in the desert, cut open a cactus to find water. 
Sure, some species of cacti can provide a bit of water if you cut them open. However, most cacti do not contain liquid that you can drink and can make you very sick. Unless you know exactly what you're looking for, the old cactus trick is mostly fiction. Next is jump into water to escape from bees. You're in the woods and accidentally kick a hornet's nest, setting a swarm of angry insects on a mission to setting you silly. You might think jumping into a nearby lake is a good way to escape them, but they'll just sting you when you surface again. You're better off just running away until you lose them, or better yet, find a car or structure to seal yourself inside. I was talking with someone recently that did do this, and it really did help them. So, you know, it's one of those things. If you have a, a you know, I don't know, if you have those Africanized bees coming after you, um, they're, they're not going to just quit. And if you can't outrun them, you can't, you know, if you don't have a place where you can get to them and outrun them. Yeah, you know, I, I would think the next best thing is to jump in the water. And so, yeah, you can, you know, maybe you need to, you know, go down and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully eventually they would go. Maybe you could splash a lot and, uh, and get, you know, get, get them wet. And they, you know, they won't like that. And they'll want to, uh, to move away from there. But I would think that's probably better than, than nothing if you're, you're out there in the middle of the wilderness and you don't have a car or uh, some other structure to get into. Okay, uh, next one is wolves are aggressive towards humans. Sure, wolf attacks happen. They're wild animals after all, but attacks are very rare. Generally, wolves seek to avoid human contact entirely and will run away at the first sight of people. When they do attack, it's usually because they're sick, rabid, starved, or there are other extraordinary circumstances. Now, again, I, I said I was going to read some of the comments. There's some people that have well took exception to that one there, as well as some of the other ones too. All right, next is uh, you lose the majority of your body's heat through your head. Don't get me wrong. A warm hat or a balaclava are great ways to help your body stay warm in a wintry survival situation. But the old saying that you lost 75% of your body heat through your head just isn't true. I've heard different numbers cited from 50 to 80 and all of them are made up. Now, it you know, I have a friend who is bald. <laughs> he goes to church. Yeah, you know, I've known him for a long, long time and he doesn't have any hair. And uh, he's always, even when it's, even when it's not it's like super cold out, he's still wearing uh, a hat because he does, it, it does, um, he does say it, it helps him. You know, he does get cold uh, that way. And uh, you, you'll really hear this from older people too. So it's probably not the big numbers like 80%, 75%, whatever, but it does help to have. Uh, a cap on or a beanie or a hat or something along those lines. So, uh, you know, I don't want people to think that it's not, uh, it's not useful to have one at all in, in cold weather. I think the, uh, the key in this one is uh, majority. You lose the majority of your body's heat through your head. And so, uh, you know, just keep that in mind there. All right. Next is alcohol will warm you up. So your snowmobile breaks down in the wilderness and all you have in your pocket is other than your wallet and keys is a flask of ultra potent moonshine. Drinking it will warm you up, right? Wrong. Sure, it will make you feel warmer, but your core body temperature is actually likely to be reduced by consuming alcohol. Drinking it will increase your chances of dying from hypothermia and exposure. If you need something to help you start a fire or clean a wound, that's probably a better survival use for your high-octane booze. 
Now, hopefully many readers will already know that these survival quote-unquote tips are dead wrong, literally, as following them can get you killed, but there may be some myths that you weren't aware of. Either way, as preppers, it's critically important that we are able to separate survival fact from survival fiction and stay realistic about the situations we may find ourselves in. One day, your life may even depend on it. Hey guys, if you're interested in more, um, I guess, getting correct information, you definitely can go look up some of the military survival training books and stuff like that. Recently on on Instagram, I posted a video. Um, I was at my uh, my local half price books, and I uh, went to the outdoor section, and, and you know, in the camping and hiking and all that kind of. They have survive a survival section, and uh, you know, it all depends on. Uh, which half price books you go to mine mine had a nice little selection and uh, there was about two shelves w- worth and there were a lot of books there that uh, I would have loved that and some of them I do have and some of the other ones I would have loved to have I just buying them up I just need to go ahead and, and spend the money to buy them up and uh, you know, definitely the military survival books and, and other books uh, about camping and hiking and survival and all that kind of stuff were there and uh, so, you know, look at, look for places like that, you know, half price books where you can go find some really good books. And I mean, there was books by authors that, you know, I read their articles here. And uh, so I was like really surprised to see some of those. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of the luck of the draw when you go to a half price books and, and you find, uh, you know, books like that. But uh, if you do, you know, go hit up that section, the, the outdoor camping and, you know, survival section. And you'll you'll be surprised. There's some really cool stuff there. All right, so let's jump to the comments just really quickly. Um, this one guy was talking about uh, going uh, when he came out of the military. They went camping. He and a friend went camping, and a bear started charging him. And he had some cherry bombs, and uh, they threw a cherry bomb out, and uh, and it landed right in front of the bear. And the because the bear was charging, and the bear you know completely turned around, and and he left after that. So that might be a real good reason. During, uh, you know, when fireworks stands are open to buy some some cherry bombs or some M60s or whatever, you know, now I I think they have some really big ones now because, man, it was crazy uh, this July 4th around my area. But uh, yeah, some M60s or something like that would scare the 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 crap out of a a bear or any wild animal, I would think, especially if you're throwing it at them. you know, somebody said here, if you're going to discuss, discuss survival situations, do you really think that 911 is available? And that's one of those things that you, you know, when you're talking about this, yeah, it's like the best thing to do is to call 911, is to call for uh, an evacuation or, you know, along those lines. And, and if, if you're not, you know, off the grid or whatever, then that's fine. You can possibly do that. Um, but if you are so far in, to the uh, you know to the wilderness that that's not going to be possible. Then there's got to be some other uh, possibilities that you do. That's why I like Doctor Bones and Nurse Amy's book. Uh, I think it's just one of those uh, you, great books that every prepper should have. Um, the Wilderness Survival Handbook, and uh, I, I do I recommend that as the you know if if you are new to preparedness, that should be like the first book that you ever buy, and uh, you know read it uh, because they do approach medicine from an area of um, if if there was no doctors, no hospitals, nothing like that. And so, you know, other books that are out there, like when there's no doctor, when there's no dentist, a lot of the times or other, you know, books on on uh, medical preparedness 
are going to tell you or teach you to stabilize the, the, the person and then to go get help. And again, like Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, they approached it from the, the point of view if there's no possibility of getting help. And so that's why I think that, that book is so valuable. Plus, it has just a lot of great, great stuff in there. If you don't have it, you really need to, to purchase that. Um, all right. So other people were saying here, um, talked about the bear thing there. And uh, definitely he was, you know, when I go camping, I always carry a firearm, that, that one there. Uh, the venomous snake thing, you know, people had a little bit of a problem there. But there are two comments here that I thought were useful. Um, one of them says that if in a survival situation where no medical help is no medical help to be found, tie something six inches above, meaning closer to the heart of the bitten limb and keep it below heart level to keep the venom from spreading. You also would want to remain calm and avoid anything that would raise your pulse rate. This might ultimately keep you alive, but you may lose whatever limb was bitten or it may not be able to be done at all if you received a bite on the torso. Then later on, this guy says, uh, best thing for venomous snake bites is one, break out an ace bandage and pressure wrap the entire limb. Call for immediate emergency evacuations, even if it means by helicopter. Above all else, slow your blood pressure as much as possible with deep breathing exercises and just think positive. The pressure wrap, not tourniquet, gives your body time to break down as much venom as possible. So say a mildly venomous water snake tags your ankle. If you pressure wrap and stay calm, your life expectancy will raise from four hours to possibly six or seven. I have had to do this for a friend who got tagged by a cotton mouth and the medics told us the, these exact steps as we were two miles into swamp country and they couldn't get us get to us easily. So anyway, there you go. A uh, couple of things there. And there's another person that kind of uh, goes along with the one that I just read right there. Let me see here. Okay, the one about wolves is basically they just say your comment on wolves is false. They will hunt and kill people without being sick or rabid. Stop listening to animal rights activists for your info. All right, so there you go uh, on that one. Again, guys, I want to tell you to do research. You know, completely. Uh, you know, look into this. Uh, you know, find some other research on the online. If this is one of those things for you, you go into the wilderness and there are you know packs of wolves around you. You know, you want to you want to look into this a little bit more. Um, your advice about running water not necessarily being potable is a very good one. So in Utah, it was pointed out to me. I am, I am a rock hound. I guess that rock. I guess that's what that says. That springs and small streams in a region I was collecting in were arsenic springs, lethal quantities of arsenic. Therefore, there is no aquatic life in these creeks. But even there, I would not deem a stream potable just because some plant has a tolerance to live there. Still, if the creek is barren, definitely avoid it. So there's good, good information there. And uh, anyway, guys, there are some links within this article, and hopefully you heard a new one there of a survival myth. And it's one of those things where you want to continue to collect information. You want to, to learn. You want to have that in the back of your head. You know, there are, I do remember someone recently saying, and it wasn't in a preparedness setting or, or whatever, uh, but it was just, you know, somebody random. I think it was at work talking about the moss, you know, on the, on the tree being on the North side or whatever. And, uh, I'm like, oh man, you know, and, and so that things come up like that, especially maybe older people, uh, might, might have some of these myths wrong. 
And so, you know, you could help them out, kind of point them in the right direction, maybe point them back to this article. Again, that, that's uh, over at BackdoorSurvival.com. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And so you can go right to it and, uh, you know, go read it for yourself and click on some of the links. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 376. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to the Prepper website, podcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.